I think the key question that everybody has to ask is, am I contributing uh, or whatever I'm contributing, do I get a return on that investment? And if it's yes, then go for it. If it's not, then review and see what you need to change. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build, grow and sustain a successful coaching business. All right, coach, are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Credibility Coach Podcast, the podcast for coaches that helps you build, grow and sustain a successful coaching business by learning from those who have been there and done it and continue to do it in the real world. Wherever you are in the world right now, I hope that you and business are doing great. And I'm really excited about today's episode, actually, because it explores an area of business that many coaches ask me about and speak in their networks about, but don't always come up with first-hand experience and the answers to their questions. And that's working with other coaches on a formal basis to form a multi-coach coaching practice. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever considered working with another coach or with a group of like-minded coaches to start a multi-coach coaching practice? Maybe you're even considering starting up a multi-coach practice yourself and are about to reach out to some coaches in your network about the very idea. Well, in today's episode of the Podcast for Coaches, I'm joined again by my good friend and business coach, Hugo High, who started out his coaching career in a multi-coach practice, and six months ago, he left the partnership and is now a solo business coach. In fact, for those of you that don't know, I first met Hugo when I first started out my career in the world of coaching, thanks to being given a fantastic opportunity by a world-class multi-coach practice. So Hugo first featured on the Credibility Coach podcast back in episode number five when he was still part of the multi-coach team and today we're looking at key areas such as what it's like working in a multi-coach business on a day-to-day basis, the challenges, the benefits and the alternative options to a multi-coach practice, the financial and lifestyle aspects to this approach, what Hugo wished he knew before he joined the multi-coach team and so many more nuggets of insight, experience and opinions from Hugo High. But before we head into this insightful interview today, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my Credibility Coach Kickstarter program for coaches. It's five powerful one-on-one sessions with me, David Sargent, to help you establish your unique identity and value proposition in the marketplace and put together a client-attracting marketing strategy for you that works best for you and your style in your coaching business. For more information, just head on over to podcastforcoaches.com forward slash kickstarter, one word. That's podcastforcoaches.com forward slash kickstarter. All right, let's get on with the show. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast. Hugo, hi. Welcome back to the Credibility Coach Podcast. It's been a full 10 months since you were on the uh, on the podcast last, on episode number five. And um, today we're really covering what it's like to be part of a multi-coach practice. Now, there might be coaches out there right now that are listening that are considering joining a multi-coach approach to coaching. Strength in numbers maybe the um, the mindset there. Maybe they're in, in one already and they've always wondered what it's like to go alone as a coach and they're considering that. And um, I was thinking about this quite 
a lot recently and I thought, you know what? You've been through this. You've been on both sides of the fence. Um, you started your coaching career in a multi-coach practice, as we covered in episode number five. Um, and now you've ventured out alone, haven't you? And you've been doing that for around six months now. So talk us through um, that transition. Well, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me uh, on the podcast. Um, I enjoy your podcast because I know that they are giving good value to uh, to your listenership. And, uh, well, today we are talking about multi-coach practices. Uh, last time we spoke, June last year, time flies when you it have does. fun. It does. Um, uh, yeah, in uh, in... Uh, the, on the 1st of October, actually, I took, uh, took the plunge to, uh, to leave the multi-coach practice that I was, uh, that I was partner in and uh, to, to set off uh, on my own. Um, so, yeah, that was the big change for me in the past six months. And we're, we're now in April 2018. And of course, you're referring to October 2017. So it has been six months. So let's just set the scene a little bit. So... In episode five, we went, you know, we went through your backstory a little, and people could know you a little bit, and it got really good um, reviews, and people really liked you um, and your story. But you, we didn't really touch on what it's like to be part of an actual multi-coach practice, I guess, because at the time you hadn't had the experience, I guess, of being a solo coach out there on your own, which you do now. So now you've got that context and that comparison could you just let us know a little bit like what it's like working in a multi-coach practice um on a, on a daily basis so you know we, well, by this we mean working in collaboration with other coaches going into the same practice working with the same coaches as part of a, a joint mission I suppose so so what is that like on a daily basis and and I think that is a very good question, and and therefore I want to start by uh, by highlighting uh, the, all the positives and the benefits that come with that, because there are quite a number of that. Um, as most of your listeners know, when they are a coach on their own, uh, working with clients, sometimes you feel deflated at the end of the day. You've given a lot of energy, you've given a lot of stuff to your clients. And then at the end of the day, uh, you need to review that yourself. You need to deal with that yourself. And I think one of the key uh, things, one of the main benefits of being part of a multi-coach practice is simply to be able to get out of your room and just talk to one of the other coaches that might have been through the similar day. Um, as business coaches or whether you're a life coach or uh, whatever coach you are, uh, your clients are dealing with the highs and lows that come with uh, their business, with their life, with their relationships. And as a coach, you are exposed to that. So you join them on the highs and you join them on the lows. And obviously, you need to deal with that mentally. You need to deal with that yourself psychologically. And um, if you've coached or when you've coached five or six people on a day, um, at the end of the day, it is just great when you can just um, walk into one of your colleagues, fellow coaches, officers, and just have a chat about your day. Um, what went well? What did you encounter? So I think that is one of the one of the main benefits of being part of a multi-coach practice. As well is the admin support, right? Because one thing that I've found, particularly by being out on my own, is that I have to do everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and certainly at the start, before I started outsourcing certain bits and pieces... I was doing everything myself. Um, 
and you've come into well, you came into coaching straight into a multi-coach environment and it wasn't just the coaches that you had to lean on either was it you had this kind of infrastructure there as well yeah, so there was an infrastructure with, in terms of, well, even just the reception, somebody uh, opening the door, making a cup of coffee, making a cup of tea for the clients, uh, making sure that there are pens and pets and that there's marketing being done. Um, so even that admin support that is happening on the back, in the background, that is there ready for you. And obviously, when you are on your own, you need to deal with all those things yourself. Um, now... A couple of these elements um, I used to do myself, but I think that's also something good to, to touch on, uh, on later because I think another great benefit of being part of a multi-partner uh, multi, uh, or multi-coach environment is also that when you are away um, on holiday, on training, conference, um, you always have somebody else that can cover for you. So your clients have that consistency that they can come in to see somebody else. Uh, and sometimes that's very beneficial because your uh, your your colleagues might have other expertise that your clients will benefit from. Sometimes it's just a different flavor, which is uh, nice for them to uh, to see somebody else. So it's also for the continuity. It is absolutely a benefit when you are with colleagues, so that you either can uh, have cover for your own clients, but also that you can cover uh, their clients because. That is something, a massive thing that I've learned over those years was seeing uh, my colleagues' clients. So they benefited from it to have cover and I benefited from seeing lots of different people. And how did your clients react when you said to them, I'm, you know, I've, I've got to be away on business or on holiday or I'm not going to be in the office for whatever reason? How, how was that conversation? Because we get very used to being the sole deliverer of the value and our clients pay us because they want access to our brains and our value. So when you first said to one of your clients, I'm going to hand you over to this other coach for the session this week, that that's surely quite a challenging conversation at first or maybe I've got that totally wrong. Normally, it, it, it wasn't really. They, they knew the other coaches, so it was also, I normally ask them the question, so I will be away next week, so who would you like to see? And they often had in their mind, if they wanted to work on a specific thing, um, and for instance, if I can talk for myself, uh, my colleagues' clients, I'm known as the team guy, I'm known as the leadership guy. Um, so when people wanted to get more out of their team or they were struggling, uh, they had challenges around the team, they often wanted to see me. And then I would just do a session with them on team, um, which maybe by the others wasn't always covered in the same way. So if you see it as a benefit like that to, to get a different flavor, to get a different topic uh, covered, I think it's also good for the client. And, and yeah, they, they often see the benefit of that. So as we said at the start, you're obviously now a solo coach. Um, so obviously there's loads of benefits that you've just described working in a multi-coach practice. So what inspired that decision to break away from the practice and, and head out into the big wide world on your own? 
I think that is a key question in terms of pe for people to determine whether they want to be part of a multi-coach practice, whether they want to be part of a partnership or some sort of a form of collaboration. Um, I think one of the key things is that you need to make sure you are aligned with the people that you are working with. So, And I mean aligned in terms of values, uh, aligned in terms of desire, um, it doesn't have to be in personalities. You don't have to be the same personalities, but you need to have some sort of an alignment of, of what you were looking for. And I was in a multi-coach partnership for four years, and um, I've been extremely grateful for those four years. But what I noticed uh, during those years, uh, more and more, that I didn't feel aligned uh, with everything that was happening in the practice. Now, of course, I could have chosen to uh, to change that, uh, but I've also joined. I joined later, so yeah, I felt the strong urge to uh, to leave that partnership and uh, and venture out on my own. So that was the, the key reason, actually, why uh, why I I felt to leave. I didn't feel energized within the partnership, so I thought maybe it's better to leave it then. So what what do you what do you know now about multi-coach practices um, that you wish you had known at the start? And that is a difficult question because with hindsight, uh, well, everything would be wonderful. Um, if I, if I, I would probably have made an exact the same, exactly the same choices um, if I look back. The only difference probably that I might, would have listened quicker to my gut feel and my internal my internal system that uh, that was well probably raising some conflicts or throwing up some conflicts uh, that I would have uh, dealt with quicker. Um, but I think if if you look at looking either to venture on your own or or become part of a partnership is is really be honest about. Uh, the alignment. So be honest that the people you're working with, if you feel something is wrong, then don't do it because the pain it's going to cause later on uh, will only be gre greater and, and it's actually not worth it. On the other hand, if um, I also know that being on your own is on your own. <laughs> and uh, we are all social animals. Maybe some people are more social than others, but yeah, we do like to have people around us. So I think it is essential, whether you are on your own or not, that at least you find some support networks of people that you can bounce things off with. Um, I was talking about this coaching cover thing. So is there anybody that can look after your clients? If you have a trusting relationship with the person you're doing that with, you don't have to worry that they're going to nick your clients um, because you have that uh, you have that reliability with each other and you trust each other. There is one, there's one big elephant in the room here uh, in relation to multi-coach practices, which I'm sure is a, a major uh, sticking point and a point that needs to be ironed out quite thoroughly. And that is the, the financial impact or implications 
uh, around revenue and revenue sharing and if you're in a multi-coach practice does the revenue all get put into one big pot and then it's split out or do you still invoice yourself and you contribute into the costs of the agency or the practice um, and obviously you know I'm not asking you to go into specifics about what it was like in your uh, experience but what what would you say could be expected around that in terms of the top level stuff? Well, I think that the, um, there will always be costs in running a business. So whether you are uh, on your own or whether you are uh, working in a, in a joint partnership, the advantage of being in a partnership is that you can spread out the cost because there's one coffee machine for, for two, three, four, five coaches instead of one coffee machine for one. So simple things, obviously, you can spread out the cost. Um, whether you are invoicing from the business uh, or from the from the multi-coach practice, that is the arrangement that you that you come up with. I think, and and that is maybe also for the people that are part of a franchise uh, that might be listening to this podcast. Um, you are paying into the franchise. You are paying. You're contributing into uh, the partnership. And I think the key question that you need to ask in this respect is do I get a return on my investment? And you are the only one that can answer that question. So other people might have a view on that. They might have bought into uh, a franchise and they think the value is rubbish. If you think the value that franchise gives is uh, fantastic, then that's absolutely fine. And so it is with the partnership. I think that... um, you can, you can talk for hours and hours and hours and either agree or disagree whether uh, you get a return on your, uh, on your contribution. And that is probably also, um, if you look at some of the things uh, that I was doing myself, I did a bit of marketing myself, as we discussed in podcast uh, in number five. Um, I've always had a strong presence at social media. That was something that... Um, I enjoy doing, so it was not like a burden that I had to deal with. That is something that hasn't changed. Now I am uh, on my own. Same with certain admin. I was already doing my own invoicing and my own accounts, so that was not suddenly something I needed to take care of. So I think the key question that everybody has to ask is, am I contributing, uh, or whatever I'm contributing, do I get a return on that investment. And if it's yes, then go for it. If it's not, then review and see what you need to change. I really want to cover the, and if you don't mind talking about the transition period for you, where you decided to leave your multi-coach practice and the comfort zone, I guess, of the office um, like you say, having that f- uh, support network of the coaches around you, the the shared costs, etc., to then going solo and leaving all of that behind. And I would just love to hear from you what that transition was like. Um, you know, was it a smooth transition for you? Was it uh, was it a difficult process? Are, are you fully over it now? Um, was there even anything to get over? Like, what what was that like for you? Because let's let's well say for the record that you was not a solo coach before um, 
you were in a multi-coach environment. So you started your coaching career straight into the multi-coach practice. Yes. And, and um, like I said, that has given me a lot of benefit. It has given me a lot of exposure. It has given me a lot of uh, learning uh, of doing that. But on the other hand, I also believe in personal responsibility. And like I said, in the, in the four years that I was part of that uh, multi-coach practice, I've always developed myself. I've never been reliant uh, on anybody in that respect. So also when I ventured out on my own, uh, it was for me quite a natural transition. And that's why, although I took the decision pretty short term, it is of course a decision that you are working towards. But sometimes um, in our heads, we have taken the decision. It just takes us uh, half a year actually to come to the conclusion. Um, and I think, um, well, also, if you look at my clients, I offered all my clients uh, either to stay in the multi-coach practice or uh, to come with me. I said, if you want to stay uh, here, that's fine. Uh, another coach will be assigned to you. Or if you want to come with me, that's also fine. And, well, it's, I think it was also uh, a boost for me that all my clients uh, decided to, to come along with me. So that, of course, helps as well, because that also was uh, more or less uh, a confirmation for myself. Hey, I am doing the right thing. Um, so that has helped. That has helped things, of course, massively. So, yeah, and of course, you know, you, so you've, you've come out to set up your own solo coaching uh, business and you've got the added bonus which a lot of people don't have to obviously have a client base you know in place which you can credit with obviously your hard work because you don't just attract clients you still have to be good at what you do but you can also attribute that to having that foundation uh, and that that's I suppose that strong uh, support network that you had when you were in the multi-coach practice. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the key things there is also to have a good understanding whose clients it are, um, and well, again, that is maybe something you can agree on or disagree on. Probably also depends on how how you get uh, the clients. If the multi coach practice practice has a marketing machine that is delivering you all your leads and all your uh, clients, you might take a different view. Um, I did a thorough analysis of all the clients that I've been working with over the years, and I came to the conclusion that about a third I got through the practice by referrals, by uh, some of the marketing, the workshops that we were doing, and that uh, two-thirds, actually, um, I came ahead through my own networking, my own social media, my own uh, activities that I had been doing. So... Again, that might be different per person, and that might also make you decide uh, something different. And that was, of course, something, uh, well, what you also need to deal with is you need to find an office, for instance. Um, so initially, I signed up with, uh, with uh, well, an office space company where you can have uh, 10 days a month for, uh, for a fixed fee, uh, which gave me a lot of flexibility. Which, uh, which worked well for me. And now I have found uh, an office locally and I'm still using uh, the, the multi-office space company for whenever I'm doing workshops or coaching elsewhere in the country. 
And that's that's key, isn't it? I think you know, if we just jump back slightly to what you mentioned around the source of the original clients that you know you're working with now. In in a multi coach practice, um, obviously it, it's marketed as a brand. Um, so it'd be you know let's just let's just call it. Uh, David's coaching for now. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the brand was called David's coaching and that that coaching practice consisted of five or six or even ten coaches or even two, right? Doesn't really matter. The brand is going out there and saying, "Hey, David's coaching can help you grow your business, get fitter, improve your life. Come and speak to one of our expert coaches today." That is always going to be at the forefront of all the marketing. However, the relationship, the coaching relationship is built from person to person, individual to individual. So when somebody walks through the door, if they're assigned a coach and they don't like that coach or they don't, you know, not like as in don't like them, but as in they don't feel comfortable working with them on an intimate level, such as coaching when you're, you know, you're speaking about personal challenges, especially to a stranger at that point before the relationship's even formed, um, that that can be a challenge, I'm sure, moving forward. How how was that dealt with, um, or did you ever see that happen in your multi-coach um, practice experiences where the business was marketing itself as a brand name, but the coaching relationship, by definition, is built on one-on-one with Hugo High or with David Sargent, not with David's coaches? Yeah, and I think that is that is a pretty crucial point because in the four years that I've been uh, working within the practice, I've always presented myself uh, on behalf of of that brand name. Uh, I think it is a strong brand. I think it's a strong brand in the market. Um, so it it was also great to to represent that brand. On the other hand, if you consider that coaching is pretty personal, I also realized that people are not. Uh, coached by David's coaching practice, but they're actually coached by um, by the person that is coaching them in this respect, Hugo High. Um, like I said, I think coaching is, is pretty personal and people often select a coach based on uh, the coach, not on the practice. Now, my belief is that these things enhance each other. Um, a couple of years ago, I saw something that was presented by by Roger Hamilton, uh, which was the, tr- the branding triangle. And he was talking about uh, personal brand, company brand, and product brand. Now, these are three totally different brands. So if I look at, for instance, uh, myself, my personal brand is Hugo High. HugoHigh.com. Uh, I'm a coach. I'm a speaker. I'm a facilitator. There might be a coaching practice brand, uh, which is um, Entrepreneurs Institute. That is the company brand. And the product brand is Talent Dynamics. So there are three brands. Now, whether I represent either Entrepreneurs Institute or YouGoHigh.com or uh, Talent Dynamics, all these things enhance each other. When YouGoHigh is doing well, Entrepreneurs Institute and Flow Consultancy or uh, Talent Dynamics are doing well and vice versa. I don't think these things bite each other. And that is, I think, also in terms of 
of uh, a multi-coach practice or in a collaboration or in any partnership that you have to realize that you can help each other build and grow and develop. Because if you do that, then ultimately all three will uh, get stronger. And that's very, very good points well made. And I appreciate you taking the time to, to break that down for us. And I think it, it's a key issue for people that are considering joining a multi-coach approach, um, you know, to understand are they going to be positioned as a coach or are they going to be hiding behind a brand? And I think the way that you've just described it and from my own experience, it's very much about standing the brand and the coaches shoulder to shoulder in a line um, and saying, you know, look, we operate under this brand so we can give you, the client, more resources, more insight, more progress, uh, more accountability, um, better quality of coaching in terms of the environment. But ultimately, the relationship is still going to be with the individual coach, with the Hugo Hires, with, you know, with the David Sargents, etc. You've now been out six months, I say out, you know, <laughs> like it was some sort of prison sentence, but you've been out in, in the wild, as they say, for six months now. What's your key learnings been now as a solo coach, um, now that you've had them, them six months of experience without that support network behind you? Well, one of the, one of the key learnings is that uh, how you as a personal coach, as a coach, how you feel yourself um, you need to stay true to yourself. So it is, I think, vitally important as a coach that you have the right energy, that you're happy in your skin, because only then you can deliver that to your clients. So for me to be there and to feel happy in my skin, um, obviously I feel better, but also my clients are benefiting from it. And as a result, I have attracted more clients. So I think that that is a key uh, key learning how would you say life has been actually working on your own staying motivated staying focused and not necessarily having somebody in the next room along that you can go and share your thoughts with well I think the support network is essential there so I do meet up with other coaches there is a coaching group in uh, in, uh, in the town where I live uh, we're meeting once a month and we're just sharing experiences um, on top of that, there's two people, you could, could coaches, personal development people that I work with uh, to do that review, to do that reflection, to give that accountability because it, I would not be true to myself if I advocate coaching and I don't have a coach myself. So I think that is, that is also essential. So create a support network around you and whether that is a partnership, a collaboration um, or whatever, um, because you don't have to be on your own, but you need to find something that works uh, for you. Hugo, your insights on multi-coach practice has been great. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else that you want to get across about multi-coach practices um, for our listeners? Yeah, and, and that is a couple of months ago. I was at a, at a coaching day uh, where lots of coaches were, were together and somebody asked a question to, uh, to the guy that was facilitating and presenting at the, at the front um, about the value uh, of building a multi-coach practice. And I think that is, 
an essential question in, in this respect. Because like I said, coaching is personal. People are, they want to work with you. But that also means that you are exchanging time for money, ultimately. And whether you call it value for money or time for money, it is a personal relationship between the coach and the coachee. Now, when you talk about multi-coach practices and you talk about how do we build value as a practice, obviously that is not around the coaching, but it has to be around the products, the, the things, the systems that you are building. So if you look at a very uh, well-known coaching franchise, Action Coach, the value in Action Coach was built around the systems. Um, I know of other multi-coach practices where the value was built about a program that was developed um, as, a, as in the multi-coach practice. So I think it's also good to uh, acknowledge that, uh, that when you are part of a multi-coach practice and you say, well, we want to build something of intrinsic value here as a business, so we can maybe sell it or maybe we can franchise it at a later stage. I think what you need to be aware of is that it needs to be something different than the one-to-one -one or the the, the group coaching because that is very difficult actually to sell on. You can develop lots of other things. You can uh, develop uh, networks, universities, whatever you want to develop. And there is value in that. Uh, but clearly the moment you are dedicating time to that, you lose it out on uh, your coaching. So what sometimes happens is you get distracted and as a result, uh, your coaching business is suffering because you try to build value. So I think that is something in a multi-coach practice which, uh, which often uh, comes to the forefront. So that I think is, is a key element that you need to be aware of when you, when you start talking about these things. And that's fantastic insight. Thanks so much for sharing that. Listen, Hugo, I'm really conscious of the time. Um, I really appreciate your time coming on to the podcast again. I hope to have you on again soon when we can talk about maybe a year of you being solo and uh, what's happened in that year since you left your multi-coach uh, approach to coaching. Um, congratulations on so far on thank your you. success and uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. Well, thank you very much, uh, David, for uh, inviting me to your podcast. As always, it is a pleasure. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast. All right, guys. Well, there you go. What a fantastic interview with Hugo. We didn't do that one in person this time. We've done that over Zoom. And that's the tool that I use for all of my conferencing, um, all of my coaching, in the Kickstarter program, in the marketing mission, and my free consultations. I use Zoom. The audio quality is brilliant. Um, there was a little bit of an echo when uh, when Hugo was talking to me on his side. So obviously, you can't edit that out. So apologies if that caused any disruptions to your experience today with the echo. But I thought that was a great interview with some real key insights into multi-coach practices um, and the fours and the against, the challenges, etc., of working in that sort of relationship. So I hope that's helped you in your decision-making process or even just given you some insights for the future of maybe what it would be like to work in a multi-coach practice. You can connect with Hugo over at LinkedIn and you can also discover his brand new website over at hugohide.com. That's Hugo, H-E-I-J.com. Now remember, this show was sponsored by my Kickstarter program, Check that out at podcastforcoaches.com forward slash kickstarter. 
Before we go, I just want to tell you about one more thing, which is fantastic. Um, I've put it together. It's brand new as of uh, April 2018. And that is my brand new LinkedIn group for coaches. It's totally free. It's called Grow Your Coaching Business. It's got the Credibility Coach brand name on there. Just head to podcastforcoaches.com forward slash LinkedIn. One word. Podcastforcoaches.com forward slash LinkedIn. Come over there, join the group, join the discussion, and I look forward to having you over. I will personally accept you in there myself. So if you're a coach, go for it. Until next time, take care. Happy coaching. Speak soon. Speak soon.